It's time for InsureTalk with insurance industry tech geek and Guidewire chief evangelist, Laura Drabik. In this podcast series, we don't just talk about innovative ideas in PNC insurance. We talk with industry trailblazers about the big ideas they made happen and how they did it. If you're looking for insights on the trends and technologies reshaping the industry, an all-new InsureTalk starts now. Welcome to InsureTalk. My name is Laura Drabeck and I'm the Chief Evangelist at Guidewire. In this episode, I have the privilege of interviewing Tim Hayes, Vice President of Mountain West Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company. Tim is a senior executive responsible for all aspects of technology operations, information security, and digital transformation for property casualty. The focus of today's conversation will be on how Mountain West Farm Bureau with Tim are cultivating a Farm Bureau of the future. Hello, Tim. Thank you for joining my podcast. Hello, Laura. It's great to be here today. Tell our listeners about your role at Mountain West Farm Bureau and what gets you fired up every morning to work in insurance. Work in insurance. It gets fired up. Mm, that's a tough question. No, just kidding. As you said, I work for Mountain West and 360 Insurance. We're a property and casualty insurance company operating in Wyoming, Montana, and Colorado. The company was initially founded to provide insurance for farmers and ranchers and largely underserved areas. I'm one of seven vice presidents that are entrusted to run this company, and I have specific responsibility, as you mentioned, to look after our technology investments. What gets me fired up? Oh, I don't know. If it's not broke, break it, maybe. Nah, seriously, I'd like to build things. In this case, we're not building with steel or concrete. We're building with ones and zeros. But the concept is the same. To see something come to life that's useful. I guess that's why I've been implementing ERP systems for companies more than 20 years now. Sometimes I wonder if there might be easier ways to make a living, but I do enjoy it. I enjoy the craft of building software that's useful. But truly what excites me is to use technology to improve a life or to improve a business. I've got a person working for me right now who said recently, I've been working for this company for over 20 years and I have learned more in the last two years than the previous 20. I am more stretched, I have been more busy and never been more satisfied than I have in the last two years. I've got another lady who is leading our data migration effort here at Mountain West and she stood up in front of the entire company nearly with tears in her eyes over the joy of what had been accomplished. This person attempted to quit my project twice. She said it was too hard, she couldn't do it, and I had to convince her that she was the right person for the job. She wasn't in this on her own, and we've had a lot of success with our data migration. So with a little encouragement, she stayed. So what gets me out of bed in the morning working on these projects? I get to see a team achieve more than they thought they were capable of. These technology projects have such a bad reputation for going south. People don't want to work on them. I say it doesn't have to be that way. And it can be one of the most rewarding experiences of a person's life and career. Those are wonderful quotes. Thanks for sharing. In particular, I really like if it's not broke, break it. Sounds like my 10-year-old daughter in our home. So Tim, Mountain West Farm Bureau embarked on an ambitious journey with us, Guidewire, to transform your systems of record, your digital experiences, and your data analysis. Congratulations, first of all, on your go live. Thank you. You've been serving the needs of families and businesses for over over 72 years. Tim, why change now? Laura, I was in Italy this past July. 
And I got to see a lot of interesting places that have been around a long time and it occurred to me. There are only two options for most of these buildings. It's usefulness and therefore repair and investment, or they become a pile of old bricks. And I think it's that way with business too. Remodeling and maintaining old things is really expensive. And sometimes it's faster and cheaper just to start over and build something from scratch that was meant to function in the modern age. So the first answer is we needed to. The old systems were not going to get us to where we needed to go. And we charted a course that said it's going to be better for us to start over than to upgrade. And the second reason is I believe every company faces what I'll call the Uber moment. Think taxi service. What did they do wrong? They picked up people, they dropped them off, and they exchanged money. Yet ridership dropped 70% in, what, a year? Somebody changed the rules of the game. Somebody changed, more importantly, the experience. And when that experience change happens, you can either run from it or you can embrace it. The question is, what are you going to do about the landscape that you're faced with? I think insurance is facing a landscape of unprecedented change. And we can either be excited about that and prepare for it, or we can run away from it and be entrenched. We're going to choose a path of being prepared for it to the best of our ability and focus on being the best insurance company possible, and that requires a new system. I was hired in order to make sure that this company has a strong technology foundation on which to be in business for the next 75 years and to enable the capabilities that have the potential to delight our customers in the digitally enabled experience-based economy. So I've interviewed many insurers over the years, and I often hear that growth is a strategic imperative for investing in a modern platform, a system that enables scalable, sustainable growth. Tim, can you share with us your strategic imperatives? We talk about profitability growth here frequently. My job is to ensure that we take the reasons we can't implement a growth strategy off the table. My job is to make IT a non-issue. We'd like to do this, but our system won't currently support this, something we commonly hear. We'd like to do that, but it will take IT over a year or longer to be able to enable that. This project does many things that feed future strategic growth. One of them is a modernized technology platform that's easier to maintain and improve. So I've heard that upgrading an insurance platform can take eight months to 10 months on average. We did ours in a month. So kind of a game changer in terms of speed to be able to stay modern. The second is a new approach to project execution that translates into everything we do as an organization at every level and in every department. This Guidewire project touched the entire organization and set a tone for execution that hadn't been known. So maybe it's just as important that we're creating patterns of execution that can be utilized all over the organization as it is to improve the technology that the company's built on. Wonderful input. So one of the guiding principles that I encourage customers to adopt is to stick to out-of-the-box capabilities. Now, Tim, you implemented the entire insurance suite platform. So that's policy claims, billing. You also implemented Guideware Digital and data. The entire platform for five lines of business were implemented in 12 months. What were your guiding principles for achieving your implementation timeframe? Sure. Five things. One, fanatical project execution and program governance. Two, executive sponsorship. It's not an IT project. It's a company-wide project. Three, manage change. Don't do change management. Manage change. 
make decisions quickly, and most importantly, make them once. And number five, the software works. Don't change it. So some of these might be like, duh, for 200, Laura, I don't know. But most projects fail to meet their objectives, and 70% of the time, it's due to poor project management. Somebody once said, and I believe that to be true. It's been true in my observation as well. Executive sponsorship, you cannot take on a project of this magnitude with this amount of change if it's an IT project. It can't be a guidewire project. It's a Mountain West project. It's our project, and we are running this project. There's everything about how we run this organization that's being touched. So making decisions quickly is important. And finally, the software works, don't change it. I stood in front of this organization during the kickoff meeting and boldly said, I don't care what you don't like about this software. I don't care what you would do different. What I do care about is why it won't work. We will be focused like a laser on any reason why this software won't work. But we're not trying to rebuild legacy systems here. We're not trying to recreate your job the way it was done in the past. We're attempting to implement this software. And if you run it, we think you're going to be delighted. But that's going to take a little bit of trust. So that's why it takes the executive sponsorship to buy into a vision that says we are going to run this software the way it was delivered to us. And if we can't find that 80% of the feature functionality that we need to run our organization is out of the box, you should move on and pick something else. Awesome. Great information. When we come back after this short break, we'll continue our conversation with Tim Hayes. Digging in Sure Talk with Laura Drabic? Be sure to subscribe on Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, rate the show on Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing. Now, let's get back to the show. And welcome back to Insure Talk. This is Laura Drabic, and I'm talking to Tim Hayes from Mountain West Farm Bureau. So, Tim, something I think was incredibly important to the success of your implementation was that you made it a company-wide initiative, and you stressed the importance of considering company-wide functions when mapping business processes and collecting data. How did you go about doing this? Absolutely, Laura. This was not an IT project. It was a company-wide initiative. And to prove that point, no contractor was allowed to touch the keyboard during our sprint demos. Only Mountain West employees could run the demos. This was a Mountain West project that we owned, that we controlled, that we were voting on, not Guidewire. Second, we did all the modules at the same time. We did 10 Guidewire modules or programs simultaneously. There was no option for the organization to not be involved. We're doing billing and policy center and claims and finance all at the same time. The key reason for this is time and testing and lower risk. I reject the notion that a phased rollout is lower risk and it is certainly not faster. And the reason you can't say it's lower risk is three reasons. One, you can't test it end to end and you have to build a bunch of integrations that you have to throw away. And third, it's hard to keep the technology stack in sync when it's by its nature on a different platform and on a different upgrade cycle. Makes perfect sense. So Tim, let's talk about what's unique about implementing at a Farm Bureau. How fast is the decision-making process and could you please share what the appetite for risk is? Sure. First, I don't think that Mountain West is unique. And second, I'd say its appetite for risk is no greater than anyone else I've worked for. They want perfection, no errors at go live. So I give Mr. Giese, our CEO, a whole lot of credit for the success of this project. He was willing to embrace the cloud solution from Guidewire, the cloud solution owned and managed and operated by someone else. He was willing to empower me, an unknown talent to his organization with little experience in the insurance industry, who proposed 
a radical transformation of the entire business with an implementation model they'd never seen before. And thankfully, Laura, it worked out well. <laughs> well, I think it was due to you to a lot of your planning and experience, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Laura. But there are things that derail a project and nothing derails them faster than slow decision-making or poor decision-making or no decision-making or making decisions over and over again that lead to rework. Rework is the nemesis of these projects. So we adopted strategies that made decision-making accurate, rapid, empowered, and we attempted to make them only once and stick to it. You know, perhaps what is unique, if I really think about it, is a management team here at Mountain West that works hard. They care about the clients and the employees and the agents, and they want to leave this company better than they found it. Perhaps it's unique because it was willing to do something that most said and would say is impossible. Or maybe it's that adversity doesn't build character. It reveals it. And the aggressiveness of this project revealed the very, very best qualities in people that were already there and just not challenged enough yet. What a wonderful quote. Adversity reveals character. Well said. How did your culture influence your implementation and any tips to share on how to leverage your culture for a successful implementation? There's a saying, right? Culture eats strategy for breakfast. I completely agree. And I would say that two years ago that there was an expectation that IT initiatives would fail to meet some or all of the objectives. Vince Lombardi said, winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. I couldn't agree more. In my opinion, this project was the catalyst to amend the culture, and now the folks walk these halls with swagger in their step. They did something that nearly everyone said was impossible, and now they feel the power of their success, and it's contagious. I love that. Walk with swagger because of the success. So I want to thank you for partnering with Guidewire to develop six new pre-built integrations for our marketplace. Clearly, our customers benefit from your effort because they're able to leverage the content on on their initiatives to reduce implementation timeframes. So what was the benefit to Mountain West in helping us to create these packaged integrations? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Do I get to send an invoice to someone for that? I got a t-shirt for you. Okay, okay. All right. Well, you're right. I mean, I think it does benefit the ecosystem and that's okay because a rising tide lifts all boats and others that are going to make investments in the cloud platform are going to benefit us at Mountain West. And we're all going to benefit because of this investment we just happened to make some pretty cool investments in the cloud. And so again, you're welcome for that. Well, the bottom line is I don't want to be in the software building business anymore. I want to be in the software running business. So I need the Guidewire platform to do all the functions of running this business flawlessly. Where the platform has white space or missing functionality, I've got to build or engage in an integration. And quite frankly, I'd rather have Guidewire maintain that rather than me. So I'm selfish. So thank you for building the first six integrations and thank you for continuing to help maintain those as we go forward. Laura, I think there are two schools of thought here for a CIO. Buy a bunch of best-in-class stuff and make it integrate and put all this stuff together, pick the platforms and treat everything as an outside vendor and somehow it's all going to work together, but I'm picking the best tools for the job and I'm going to make it integrate with these integration tools. The other school of thought is I'm going to pick the very, very best platform I know how. I'm going to use it as effectively as possible, utilize everything on that platform that available to me, fill in the occasional white space, and treat those white spaces as error to be eliminated over time as the platform evolves through the partnership. And I am clearly 
in that second camp. So working with Guideware on these integrations was simply an execution of that. And Laura, I would say that the results, quite frankly, have been fantastic. After a few weeks, we've surpassed our multi-year goals for straight through processing and automation. Any uh, metrics you can share with us on those returns on straight through processing? Well, I'm going to say no. And the reason for that is when I tell people that we executed this project in 275 days, they think I'm crazy or lying. And if I told you the straight through processing numbers we're achieving, most people would say that they're unbelievable. I recently sat down with an executive from Ernst & Young and I told him our error rate on this project. And he said, that's unbelievable. And what he meant by that was it's not unbelievable, that it's not believable but it's true. So I'm going to keep that to myself, but let's just say it's an order of magnitude better. Great. Thanks, Tim. On the other side of this break, we'll continue the conversation. So don't go anywhere. Loving InsureTalk with Laura Drabik? For more expert insights and inspiration, subscribe to Laura's email newsletter at drabikdigest.com, your one-stop resource for Laura's latest blog posts, videos, podcasts, articles, and more. That's www.drabikdigest.com. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back. This is Insure Talk with Laura Drabeck, where we're talking with Tim Hayes. I think I know the answer to this question, Tim, but why don't you tell our listeners what your favorite Guidewire Cloud capability is and why? just have to say one, Laura, I think there's more than one. Let me give you at least two. The first is the cloud enablement, the cloud platform. I'm out of the hardware business. I'm out of the hardware and infrastructure management business. So that is clearly one of my favorite features. I get to move that to your responsibility. But perhaps from an implementation standpoint, I would pick the APD, Advanced Product Designer. The reason for that is on all of these projects, we go to the business and we say, out of the box, out of the box, out of the box. Stay out of the box. We do not want to customize the software. In this case, we say just the opposite. Tell us exactly what you want. We're going to build it on a mind map and we're going to turn that mind map into software that you can use. So for the first five lines of business that we built, Laura, we did 100% customization of those lines. And that was absolutely necessary to make the transition from the old systems to the new systems. There just wasn't something available in a standard business template or a Go product that would have worked. But the advanced product designer allowed us to build a map on paper that's easy to scrap until we get it right, take the software, build it exactly that way, use the mind maps to train people on how the software is going to work, use the mind maps to figure out how the documents and flows all have to work. So I want to thank Guideware for putting this product out there because in my mind, it is an absolute game changer. It's actually one of my favorite capabilities as well. We allow everyone who actually creates product or has input into product like claims or finance, billing, and also the line of business owners ought to collaborate on this mind map. And you know, Tim, we've seen reductions of what used to take weeks being achieved in APD using our mind map within hours. So weeks down to hours. Thanks for sharing that. When I was new to Guidewire 17 years ago, I used our story cards to help me come up to speak quickly on our system capabilities. So for our listeners, story cards include a description of Guidewire's major capabilities, including the user interface, screen fields, rules, and the project team can even map out any updates to the capability directly into the card. So Tim, how important were story cards on your implementation and how did your team utilize them? Well, they're essential because we have a rule here, no story, no work. It is the root element of all of our feature development. But backing up from that, the inventory of story cards that Guideware brought to the project 
project enabled us to do implementation workshops in advance of a statement of work or in advance of development to say, do you do these things? Do you do these things this way? If you do these things and you do these things this way, great, we're going to elaborate that. If you do these things, but you do them in a different way, now we need to talk about, can you do them the way that the Guidewire application does? And if you don't do them all, we just set them aside, maybe for future enhancements, maybe for work that we want to do later, but it's something that's out of scope and it's informative to talk about things that we don't have to do on the project. So it is the foundation of our fanatical project execution. It was the foundation for our scoping this project and it was a lot faster to start with an inventory of some predefined cards than to sit around a whiteboard and say, okay, what do we do? How do I create a card that defines that and then go do it? So we have an opportunity to stay much closer out of the box with this baseline inventory, Laura. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Any future plans you can share with us on how you're going to be leveraging GuideWare Cloud in the future? Sure. Uh, we're going to complete the digital journey. We're going to delight the customer and we're going to empower the next 75 years of company success. So what's the digital journey? Well, I maybe can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you what it's not. Digitalization is not printing all your documents and mailing them to the customer. Digitalization is not asking questions of your customer that you should already have the answer to. Digitalization is being able to communicate with your customer in the manner that they want, when they want, and the quantity that they want, and the quality that they want. So that's part of the digital journey to enable all of those pieces of technology that make it possible for us to delight the customer. Laura, I think we live in this experience economy. Other people have said it, I believe it. So we're going to use the power and meaningfulness of customer experience to drive this company forward. We're going to use it to be the best insurance company that we can imagine. Well, the future sounds bright for you and for the company. I also noticed, Tim, that you volunteer for junior achievement. Well done. I must admit that when I volunteered for JA, Junior Achievement, I found it quite intimidating walking into a classroom full of preteens. I mean, nothing erodes your confidence in yourself faster than a preteen. What have you learned from volunteering for JA that you've actually been able to apply back to your career? Well, first off, teachers aren't paid enough nor appreciated enough. I have never been more tired than after a day of work than when I've taught a Junior Achievement course on entrepreneurship to a class of fourth graders. I usually leave thinking, I'm thankful I don't have to do this every day. But it's also one of the very rewarding things I've done to be able to watch them learn. And I think I get a small glimpse of why the very best teachers do what they do. Second, anyone with some business experience should volunteer for Junior Achievement. I promise you, you'll learn something and so will the kids. We don't do enough to educate kids on why businesses exist, what's the function of a business, how money moves around in a community, why entrepreneurs are actually a and Junior Achievement allows us and helps us do that. It's a great, great program. So what have I learned and brought back? Kids don't have limits. Want to go to Mars? No problem. Want to start a business with $100 in capital? That'll work. I want a bicycle that keeps going when I'm tired. And when I'm not tired, I'll pedal again. When you're a kid, problems are just the next thing to tackle. But often adults, when they find obstacles, they ask the question, how are we going to do that? And the question, how, how are you going to do that, becomes the big derailer of doing great things. If I've worked for you before, or I'm currently working for you, and you're listening to this, close your ears for a minute. I've started most, if not 
all of my big projects with very few of the hows figured out. I don't know how we're going to do that, but we are going to do it. So we'll figure out a way to do it as we go. As new information becomes available, we'll make a decision and then we'll do the right thing. I've observed big projects not start or fail because they didn't start until they had enough of the information figured out. They wanted the perfect solution, the perfect answer. And then they floundered and they were disappointed when the project didn't hit their original assumptions and they were proven wrong. Kids don't have these limits in their minds. They can do great things. So working with the kids reminds me to dream a bit and think bigger. I like that. Dream and think bigger. And I'll make sure to share this podcast with my sister who's a teacher. She'll love to hear the positive comments you said about teachers. And I can attest to the fact everything you said is true. They are challenged and underpaid. Tim, thank you very much for your time today and for your incredible insight. You've showed us it's not just about ideas. It's about making ideas happen. Thanks, Laura. Tune in next time for an all-new episode of Insure Talk with Laura Drabik, brought to you by Guidewire, the platform PNC insurers trust to engage, innovate, and grow efficiently. For more information, visit guidewire.com.